I want to welcome you to another episode of the Vision Clarity Leadership Podcast. My name is Seth Yalorda, and I will be your leadership coach for the next 15 minutes or so, helping you become a high-performance leader who leads high-performance teams to make a big impact in this world. We are on a mission here at Vision Clarity to help every person see themselves as a leader and to equip every leader to lead their teams with a clear, compelling vision. Each week, we provide free tools and resources so that you can expand your leadership capacity so you can lead with a big, bold, and courageous vision that will inspire your team and change the world. And I would just ask that if you find this content valuable, I would be so honored if you would write a review or rate the content wherever you consume it and please subscribe. I'm always shooting for a five-star review, and it would also mean so much to me if you would share this content with your colleagues, your team, your friends, even your family, because we are on a journey to build a community of visionaries with this podcast. So you sharing this content is one of the best ways to help us do that. Now, in today's episode, I want to deal with the one thing that will determine whether or not your team will become a high-performance, highly functional team. I mean, this is the pillar, the main pillar, the foundation, the bedrock for every single high-performing team, whether it's you know the Golden State Warriors who just won the championship last year or whether it's the Rams who won the NFL championship last year or whether it is your team in healthcare or engineering or aerospace or military This is the number one thing that drives all high performance. And that one thing is trust. If you want a high performing team, the one thing that you have to make sure is in place. Yes, you want to make sure you're communicating. Yes, you want to make sure that you have competent people. Yes, you want to make sure you have people who are who are men and women of integrity and high character. Yes, you want to make sure that you're embracing innovation and you're willing to take risk. But above and beyond all of those things, and those things are important, but above and beyond all those things, that if you want a high-performing team, you have to make sure that every single member on your team is experiencing an environment, a workplace environment that they say can be characterized by trust. The presence of trust is one of the single indicators that will determine whether or not your team will perform at a high level. Now, when we say trust, I'm not just talking about, well, do I trust that my team member will do his or her job. That's not just what I'm talking about. I'm really talking about vulnerability-based trust. You see, vulnerability-based trust isn't about, do I think if I pass you the ball, you're going to make it? No. Vulnerability-based trust says, if I shoot the ball and I miss it, will my team come for me? Like, will they look at me like I've made a mistake? Will like, will I be crucified, for lack of a better word, because of the mistakes I've made? Like, can I trust that my team has my back? Can I trust that they are not scheming behind my back to try to somehow take me out? Can I trust that I can show up as my authentic, real self, that I can be transparent, that when I have questions, I can ask these questions. When I don't know what I'm what I should be doing, I can actually say I don't know. When I when I have an idea that might be so off the wall, I can share that idea and people aren't going to criticize it as, oh, this is just another one of Seth's crazy ideas. No. But I feel like I can show up my real 
unfiltered self and experience an environment where I will be appreciated and received as a valued member of this team. That is what we call vulnerability-based trust. Now, yes, there's components of psychological safety in there, and yes, there's components of authenticity in there, and there's even components of empathy in there, but at the bottom line, if you want your team to perform at a high level, you as the leader have to make sure that you are creating an environment where trust is the foundation. Now, research has shown time and time and time again that when there is a lack of trust, several things will happen. Number one, people will conceal their weaknesses and mistakes from one another. So if I don't feel like I can trust you, then I'm not going to admit when I make a mistake. If I, if I fail to turn in that report, if I fumble the ball with a customer, uh, if I drop the ball on a project deadline, I'm going to somehow try to make figure it out so that you don't know that I made a mistake because I don't trust that this is a safe place and that you all will help me rectify whatever mistake I made. So number one, that if there is the absence of trust on your team, your team will be concealing weaknesses and mistakes. And if they conceal weaknesses and mistakes, there is no way that your team can win if they're afraid to admit weaknesses and mistakes to one another. The second thing that happens when there is an absence of trust is that people are hesitant to ask for help or provide constructive feedback. So if I feel like I can't trust you, then I'm not going to be inclined to say, hey, I'm really struggling in this area. Can you help me? Or I'm not quite sure what to do in this situation. Can you give me some pointers? Or, you know, I'm kind of new here. Can you point me in the right direction? Like, if I don't feel like I can trust you, if I kind of feel like I, my request might be taken advantage of, or, you know, this is a very transactional environment where if I ask you for help, then I know like a day later, you're going to come back and say, well, I helped you yesterday. You need to help me today. And it's very transactional. People are keeping score. If that's the type of environment that we're in, then I'm going to be hesitant to ask for help and provide constructive feedback. And if I am hesitant to ask for help or if I hesitate to provide constructive feedback, there is no way that your team can perform at a high level if that is taking place in the work environment. The third thing that happens when your team experiences an absence of trust is that people hesitate to offer help outside of their own area of responsibility. So if it's not if it's not in my area, if I'm not responsible for scheduling, if I'm not responsible for checking in members or patients, if I'm not responsible for, you know, this particular project deadline, then I'm not going to really be eager to offer help for someone else, because honestly, what you're working on is outside of my job description. It's outside of my scope. And again, we draw these transactional lines where we're saying, hey, this is my sandbox and I'm going to manage what's in my sandbox. And I'm not willing to step outside of my sandbox to help you out because I'm just going to focus on what's in my sandbox. I don't trust that if I step outside of my sandbox, that it's going to be a safe place. And so I will hesitate to offer help outside of my own area of expertise. It just, the list goes on and on. You know, if there's an absence of trust, people will hold grudges. People will dread meetings and they will find reasons to avoid spending time together. 
because this is not a safe place. You know, I don't feel like I can truly show up and be my authentic self. And so I'm not going to go the extra mile. I'm not going to buy into every initiative. I'm not going to go above and beyond the call of duty or work outside of my job description. I'm not going to say, hey, whatever we need to do to win as a team, I'm all in. Like, it's not going to happen because I fundamentally do not trust my team members. So as a leader, and as you're assuming a leadership position, you're stepping into a leadership role, or maybe you've been a leader for a number of years, I wanna encourage you to make sure that you are creating an environment where your team is experiencing vulnerability-based trust. Because when you do that, people on your team will be quick to admit mistakes and weaknesses. They will be quick to ask for help. They will take risk in offering feedback and trying to provide assistance. They will appropriately tap into one another's skills and experience. They will focus their time and their energy on the most important issues and not be caught up in office politics or who said, she said, he said, you know, office drama. They will offer and accept like, apologies without hesitation. And they will look forward to meetings and working together because they fundamentally like each other. Now, it doesn't mean that your team members have to be, you know, BFFs and hang out and go get drinks after work and just always, you know, have barbecues at each other's house. Like, you know, that's nice that they do that. But that's not what trust really is all about. Trust is about when I show up to work, I know that my team has my back. When I show up to work, I know that I can bring my whole self and not be criticized or judged. This is what we as leaders want to create. Now, this is the challenge that some of you all are currently working on a team where there is the absence of trust. So the question is, what can you do in order to restore trust or create a new level of trust for your team so that you can have this foundation, the foundation of your team solid. And I wanna give you one thing that above and beyond every other thing will help your team restore trust. And that is you, as the leader, you must lower the waterline. Yes, you must lower the waterline. What do I mean? So if you think about an iceberg, most of the iceberg, you know, 70, 60, 70% of the iceberg is underwater. You cannot see it. Only, you know, 20, 30, 40% of the iceberg is above water. That's what we know sunk the Titanic. They only saw the small portion that was above water, but the, the, the vast majority of the iceberg was underwater and it, you know, pierced the hull. And unfortunately, you know, the rest is history. And so when you think about an iceberg, Every day, your team is showing up and they are, I want you to see them as icebergs. See each one of your team members as iceberg. And what you actually are seeing, their behavior, the words they're saying, you know, the what they're, how they're contributing in meetings, that is only the tip of the iceberg. That is the part that you can see. That's actually the part that they want you to see. But there is a good chunk of iceberg, a good chunk of who they are that is under the waterline that you can't see. And so what you have to do as a leader is you have to get people on your team to lower the waterline. 
What lowering the waterline means is that they begin to make themselves known to each of their fellow team members. So I'm going to choose to intentionally show you more and more and more about who I really am. I'm not just going to talk about, you know, the things I want you to know about me, but I'm going to choose to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to show you some things that aren't, that you won't naturally see. I mean, you can see the type of car I drive. You might be able to see where I live in what neighborhood, but I'm not really showing you my thoughts. I'm not showing you things that have happened in my past. I'm not showing you things that are really going on inside of me. Like I'm only showing you what's above the waterline. And so if you want your team to experience higher levels of trust, you have to get them to lower the waterline. And the way that you do this is you as the leader have to first model lowering the waterline. You have to have a team meeting, your next staff meeting, your next, your next all hands on deck meeting. And in that meeting, you as the leader have to model it. You can model it a number of ways. You can tell them, you know, I just want to take some time and just um, tell you what I'm really thinking. That is you lowering the waterline. Or you can say, you know what? Let's take some time and really just get to know one another. I would love for you all to let's go around and let's talk about, you know, where did you grow up? You know, what birth order did you fall in? How many siblings do you have? And what's your birth order? And maybe what's something that happened to you in your childhood that was either something that was really interesting or maybe a challenge that you faced. That is you creating an environment where you are intentionally having your team lower the waterline. But you have to model it. You have to go first. You have to say, okay, I'm going to model this. And you can't just, if, if you want people to be open and honest and vulnerable, then you have to be open and honest and vulnerable. You have to model lowering the waterline. Another, another uh, team exercise that you can do is you could break your team. If let's say you have a team of 10 and you can break them up into groups of two. So there's, you know, five teams of two and you could tell them, Hey, I want you to go around with your partner. And I want you to say, I want you to answer three things. I want you to tell them three things. Number one, I want you to say to your partner, if you really knew me, you would know blank. That's the first question. Or that's the first fill in the blank. If you really knew me, you would know blank. Then after you say that, then I want you to say, if you really, really knew me, you would know blank. So that's the second one. And then the third one is, if you really, really, really knew me, you would know blank. Each one of those really, 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 really statements is getting your team to slowly lower the waterline so that the, their team member and their colleague can begin to see who they really are. Now, again, each team member has the prerogative to share as much or as little as they want. So I can go deep into my childhood or I can keep it simple. Every person can choose to go at it however they want to go at it, but you're creating an opportunity for people to truly understand each other. And what this does is that when I truly see you and I understand where you've been, where you grew up, where you're from, some of the experiences that you had that have shaped who you are today, what that does in me is it creates empathy. Ah, oh, that's why he does A, B, and C. Ah, oh, that's why she does X, Y, and Z. Because of A, B, and C that happened to her or X, Y, and Z is where she's, he, he's from. And it creates empathy. 
And when you create empathy on your team, that is like one of the secret sauces to creating teams where there is high levels of trust is people are willing to step into the shoes of their colleagues and say, you know what? You just made a mistake, but I've also made mistakes before. So it's all good. Let's figure this thing out. That's empathy. And so as a leader, what I want you to do is I want you to model lowering the waterline. I want you to say, hey, you know what? We're going to, during our team meeting, we're going to take 20 minutes and we're going to have this, these questions. And I'm going to start by sharing my three really, really, reallys with you. I did this recently at a team meeting that I was facilitating. And it was funny looking at the people in the room. You could tell that some of them were like, okay, I'm not quite sure if I feel comfortable sharing. And after everyone went around and shared, I said, how did that make you feel? And they literally said, you know, it was a kind of unnerving. Like, I'm not quite sure if this is a safe place. It is kind of unnerving. And there is that I'm not sure if it's a safe place. But when you as a leader model it, it's sending a signal to everyone on your team that we are in the process of creating a safe place. And then after someone shares, especially if they share publicly, all you have to say is, man, thank you for sharing. You don't have to go and ask for the questions. You don't have to try to diagnose them. You don't have to, you know, tell them what they did or didn't do was right or wrong. No, all you have to do is say, thank you for sharing. Who's next? It's as simple as that. This is you creating space. It's creating psychological safety. It's creating empathy. It's lowering the waterline on your team so that your team members will begin to see more and more of the team members around them. So if I was to model this for my vision clarity leaders, I would say, if you really knew me, you would know that I thoroughly enjoy pouring into and helping leaders grow. And I am so honored to be able to share this podcast episode with you. And I'm also so honored to be able to work with healthcare leaders for a healthcare organization in Riverside, California, helping them grow their leadership capacity and transform the culture of the department. That is something that I'm really excited about and so honored to engage in. If you really, really knew me, you would know that even in all of my leadership coaching and sharing and pouring into people, I still kind of wrestle with my own insecurities about, you know, is my voice really resonating with people and do people really understand or appreciate the, the contribution I'm trying to make or, or am, I, am I scratching where people are, or, are itching? Like if you really, really knew me, you would know that in all that I'm doing, I'm still trying to figure it out. Like, man, it's just really adding value to people. And if you really, really, really knew me, you would know that I'm working really hard to provide for my family so that my wife doesn't have to work if she doesn't want to work and that my children can grow up with some great experiences of traveling the world and having the things that will help them really enjoy and value all of this beautiful life that God has given us and that my desire at my heart is just to be that father and that husband that my wife and my children will look at and say, man, our dad was always there. He always provided and he really modeled what it means to be a godly husband and a godly father. That's what this exercise does. I just lowered the waterline for you, my vision clarity leaders. And so I want to encourage you to lower the waterline for your leaders and for your team so that you can begin to restore or build again the foundation of trust, which is needed and required for you to have a high-performing vision clarity team.
Listen, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I pray that it added value to you. If it did, please share it with your team, your colleagues, your family. And please, I would ask that you would rate it. Please give it a five-star review if you felt like it really added a lot of value. And please subscribe if you haven't already. Again, this is the Vision Clarity Leadership Podcast. And each week, we're striving to add value to you as a leader because we believe that the greatest problem in this world is leadership. And the solution to that problem is also leadership. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week.